Today is October 1st. Traditionally, in America, today is the beginning of many things. Fall, National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the National Basketball League, and the National Hockey League all start on or around the beginning of October. Not to mention, October is one giant commercial culminating in that spookiest of holidays, Halloween. Kids and adults alike dress up in costume and beg for candy, go bobbing for apples, and have all manner of frivolity. But why? Where did we get these ideas from? These concepts that we call traditions? Unsurprisingly, since a large portion of the United States was founded on immigration, many of the customs that we take for granted today arrived with people from other countries. So, let's take a look at the borrowed traditions that combine to create America's second favorite holiday and the month in which it resides. Scottish poet and essayist Alexander Smith once said, In the entire circle of the year, there are no days so delightful as those of a fine October. I'm Aidan May. Welcome to Haunting Historia. The Romans named it October due to the fact that, at the time, it was the eighth month of the year, octo meaning eight. It wasn't until Julius Caesar and Emperor Augustus added July and August respectively that October became the 10th month. To the Saxons, October was Winterfellith. They separated the year into two sections, with the first six months being the longest days of the year, and the second six containing the longest nights. The word itself, Winterfellith, is a combination of the Saxon words for winter and full moon, because to them, winter started on the full moon of the month of Winter Philip. But my personal favorite comes from the Germans. And no, I'm not referring to Oktoberfest. Though I must admit, that is another plus. No, I'm referring to the fact that October marks the end of the grape harvest across Europe. The Germans have an interesting and fantastic tradition of celebrating the harvest by drinking wine the entire month. Hence, they used to refer to October as Weinmon, literally, wine month. As noted before, October is when fall truly starts. Sure, the autumnal equinox and official first day of fall takes place in September, but October starts the fall colors and the drops in temperature. 
I'm going to move away from history for just a moment or two and talk about science. Because this is one of the more fascinating things I came across when researching this episode. See, most people think that the leaves start to change due to the chilly weather. And while it's true that cold weather certainly plays a part, the actual culprit is light. Sunlight, to be specific. For those who may not remember fifth grade science, chlorophyll is what gives plants their green color. Chlorophyll works by taking in light and producing sucrose for the plant to use as fuel. When October rolls around, sunlight becomes weaker, causing the chlorophyll inside the leaves to break down. Photosynthesis doesn't work quite like it does when the sun's rays shine directly on the trees. In fact, the trees with more direct sunlight tend to be the ones whose leaves turn red. On a side note, October has its own special full moon period, much like September. Where September gets the harvest moon, October has the much more appropriately named Hunter's Moon. But I know what you really want to know about. Why you're still listening to this particular episode. You want to know about All Hallows Eve. Halloween. The big palooka of October. Like a lot of traditions in America, modern Halloween is very much a hodgepodge of several different historical precedents. Interestingly, however, a good majority of customs stem from Gaelic immigrants. An ancient ritual of the Gaelic people bears a number of striking resemblances to our own celebration. Gussied up for the kiddos, watered down by the Catholic Church, but it hits a lot of the same notes. Stay tuned after the break to find out more. This episode of Haunting Historia was written and produced by me, Aidan Main, with music by John Bjork. History, much like modern traditions, is a complex tapestry of numerous different stories woven together. And when the edges of that tapestry get frayed, oftentimes the solution is to simply cut it off and forget about it. That's why I started this podcast. To take the forgotten, uncared for parts of history and put them back where they belong. If you'd like to be part of the community, meet me over on Twitter at hhistoriapod. I also have a Patreon if you feel compelled to donate and help me continue producing quality content. Check it out by looking up Haunting Historia on Patreon or by using the links in the episode description. And as always, if you have a story you'd like to be told, reach out to me using the email stories at hauntinghistoria.com or by using the contact form at hauntinghistoria.com.
Samhain. That's the Gaelic name for Halloween. Sometimes referred to as Samhain, due to the way it's spelled and the notoriously hard language that is Gaelic. Speaking of which, there is going to be a few Gaelic words in this section. And while I did my best to look up pronunciations, I apologize in advance for how bad I butcher some of these. Sawen is actually what the Gaelic people called their ritual, starting at sundown October 31st and continuing all the way until sundown on November 1st. For the Gaelic, days started and ended at sundown. Being an agrarian society, it made sense that the start of a new day would take place when there was no more light to work by. A large part of the customs surrounding Samhain involved protection from the coming winter. Indeed, the superstition surrounding the long nights and cold weather fueled much of what would later become Halloween. To start, at sundown on October 31st, a large bonfire would be built. Sometimes, two bonfires were placed side by side, with enough space in between them for a person and or cattle to walk between. The idea behind this stems from what researchers call imitative or sympathetic magic. The bonfires are meant to symbolize and reflect the properties of the sun and its part in stimulating growth. Thus, the peoples of Ireland and the Scottish Highlands hoped to prevent the decay of winter for as long as possible. The bonfires also helped to strengthen the bond of the community because each family was expected to donate wood to build it. Not only that, but on Samhain night, people would douse the family hearth, then reignite it later using flame from the communal bonfire. Geoffrey Keating, an author of the 17th century, claims this is an ancient tradition started by the Druids in an effort to ward off evil. And that, right there, was the fuel that fanned the fire of much of Samhain. October 31st and May 1st, the latter being the Festival of Beltane, are what are called liminal festivals, also known as threshold festivals. This means that the ancient burial mounds that were seen as portals to the other world were open, and spirits could move freely between our world and the next. In Gaelic, they were referred to as is she, or sometimes fairies, in this case the little folk. These spirits were not always inherently evil. In fact, similarly to the Hispanic Dias de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, many people welcomed their deceased loved ones back into their homes, setting places at the table for them. However, the is she needed to be appeased, lest they be compelled to wreak havoc upon those who angered them. Many people chose to remain in their homes during this time to avoid them altogether. Those who dared to venture out did so in disguise, so as not to be recognized. They wore mummer's masks 
and geysers costumes. To help with this, they carried with them lanterns carved into grotesque, terrifying faces. These were also placed on windowsills to scare away the Ishi from their homes. You're probably thinking of a pumpkin right now, but traditionally, at the time, the illumination was provided by turnips, or mangle wurzels. Over time, Sawen was assimilated into Catholic culture. Pope Boniface IV declared May 13th the day to honor Christian martyrs, around 609. There is debate over who started the reverse celebration, commemorating the saints. Some say the Celts first started it. Others claim that Germanic peoples began the custom, and the Celts merely copied them. Regardless, what is fact is that in 835, the Feast of All Saints' Day was officially adopted by the Frankish Empire thanks to Pope Gregory IV to be celebrated on November 1st. The 2nd of November then became a day to honor the dead, known as All Souls' Day. The three days of October 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd are collectively called All Hallow Tide. Many scholars concur but Sawen directly influenced the secular customs of October 31st, All Hallows' Eve. And to this day, we still dress up in costume, go door to door asking for food, threatening mischief, and carving weird faces into vegetables. But hey, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus, right? If you enjoyed this episode of Haunting Historia, then consider leaving a like and a comment. I've been fortunate enough to be able to produce episodes regularly these past few weeks, but at this current time, I cannot guarantee that kind of consistency. I love doing this podcast, and will continue to tell the stories that don't often get told. So if you're as enthusiastic about listening to Haunting Historia as I am about making it, then I recommend you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss out when a new episode hits the airwaves. You can also follow the H Historia Pod Twitter page for news, announcements, and many history fun facts. There's always more history to be told, and you don't want to miss it. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that does not know it is part of a tree. Michael Crichton